Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Tim Priester with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley, and we are fully immersed in the Virginia Cavaliers as Nordham heads to Charlottesville for the first time, Nordham's first appearance in the state of Virginia, the 36th different state that Nordham has played in, and which is weird, isn't it? I mean, Such I, knowledge. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh, it's kind of strange that Norton would not have played in Virginia, but I, yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the opportunity to be in that stadium for the first time and to see if what we saw on the field last week in Norton's 38-3 victory over Texas was legitimate. I, I think our feeling generally is it was, but Virginia's been good at home. But we want to talk a little bit about the news of the week, and then, of course, we'll talk about Virginia and then uh, close things with our recruiting roundup. Guys, uh, showtime this week. We got to see the first segment of that very enlightening uh tough segment for mike mcglinchy a little bit i think embarrassing for josh anderson with his mother's <laughs> reaction to him getting a scholarship but i thought chris brown held up well in the uh in the pep rally on friday night <laughs> yeah i mean overall I, I thought that it was good because there were some uncomfortable spots for notre dame and if you're going to do reality television that it has to be real uh and you you have to have the Jerron Jones injury in there. You have to have the inside the locker room with Tari and Fulston. Um, you know, it can't all be... I mean, it can't look like strong and the true with a couple swear words. And it wasn't. So I thought that Showtime overall did a good job. I think it'll be interesting because you had four weeks of camp for 30 minutes. Now you have seven days for 30 minutes from Texas to Virginia. So I, I don't know how that's going to look on a week-to-week basis. But overall, I liked it. I thought it was interesting that they allowed to show Sheldon Day murdering another human being on a TV show. That's not legal at all. So, uh, unvarnished from that oh point of view. Oh, my goodness. Mike McGlinchey. And, and it's like somebody was like, yeah, Lowman wins. I'm like, ah, Lowman doesn't always throw a 330-pound man six yards in the air. The immutable laws of physics were defied by Sheldon Day. He said he worked on that pass rush move all summer, so he saved it for the right time, I guess. But, yeah, I, I thought it was enjoyable to watch and and. It'll get more enjoyable if if Notre Dame starts like they did last year, and not for Notre Dame, but it would be compelling television if things go wrong like they did last year too. So I, I don't expect that, of course. But you got to get into the year a little bit, and I was so sick of camp stuff. I was just glad at the end of that when they weren't showing camp anymore. Yeah, and, and that's what we'll have coming yeah. up. Yeah. Well, McGlinchey got caught. I mean, he was a little bit off balance. He got drilled by a big, strong guy, no doubt about it. McGlinchey said, I talked to him yesterday, and he said that. He caught more grief from his family with the the tackle that Zaire slipped when Zaire was going to <laughs> celebrate the touchdown throw to, to Will Fuller. But yeah, you know, I thought it was good. I, I, I they look there. Obviously, there's some type of agreement between Nordheim and Showtime that they're going to soften the blow a little bit in certain situations. You know, Brian Kelly said, and we're going to beat Texas's ass, which is, I mean, that's what yep. coaches say to their. Players, I used to say that to my team all the the time. So, I mean, that's just, you know, I, I think that's good stuff. I think it's important that you include that. But, you know, the agreement between Nordheim and Showtime. I think it may I don't have been th- like a no F-bomb rule. Like, you're not yeah, going to Bill probably. O'Brien from yeah, Hard I mean, you Knox, can which is say, hilarious, yeah. but, like, probably is not the image Nordheim yeah. wants to get off. But it can't be G-rated at the same time. It's football. So, I you know. I liked it. Um, it was interesting to see how Jerron Jones got hurt, where McGlinchey basically sideswiped Schmidt. Did we know? Did, did we know that? No, I, mean, I, I didn't, I didn't I did know not, that. We didn't know that at all. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And then also on the preview, which is something we need to talk about Kelly tonight. The, it wasn't in the show, but it was in the preview for the show about Brian Kelly saying that Ronnie Stanley was essentially voted a captain, but couldn't accept it. And then Stanley apologized to his teammates. We didn't see that 
any real vibe about that during the camp and, and when captains were announced. So that that was interesting to me too, even though it wasn't in the so we'll be show. we'll be asking about that tonight yeah, to get absolutely. a clarification on that. Well, um, it is Virginia week, and um, you know Virginia has been good at home. I mean, Mike London is four and five against ranked teams at home. Scott Stadium. Now, they're not a very good football team. They're certainly not a very consistent football team, and they don't run the ball with great consistency. But Matt Johns is a is a big, fairly mobile quarterback. We'll see just how mobile if Notre Dame brings a rush like they did last week. And, and you know, John Tenuta's defense, which is obviously very aggressive as it was at Notre Dame, worked very, very well last year. They were uh, 28th in total defense, 32nd in scoring defense, 18th in rush defense. But, you know, a lot of what they did blitz-wise came with their linebackers, and they have a completely new linebacking crew, and Malik Jefferson is not part of it. It, it is important that, I don't mean John Tenuta himself, but that Tenuta's scheme is involved here because I don't think you're going to have a sub-500 team like Virginia go play straight-up defense and beat this Notre Dame no. offense. So being at home, and as Brian Kelly said, they're going to be fired up. Being at home and having a scheme that can create turnovers or wreak a little bit of havoc, maybe some confusion, that's important. They're certainly not lining up and beating Notre Dame as constructed. Yeah, it's, their, their linebacker group, if that's the key to their pressure, they've got a real problem because they've the three guys listed on their depth chart have a combined three I, career I think that, starts. Yeah, I that's think that is a real problem and for them. You look at their offensive line, okay, Texas, I think, had 38 career starts among their five going into last week. Virginia had 47 career starts among the five going into last week at UCLA. So it's not like it's an overly experienced group there. They had a first-year starter at guard. You know, there's there's not the glaring Connor Williams, Patrick Vahe, true freshman in that group, which, I mean, Notre Dame just abused Texas's offensive line because of it. And, you know, you mentioned sort of Notre Dame bringing the pressure. You look at their sacks. Two of them were off a three-man rush, and two of them were off a four-man yeah. rush. It wasn't like all out. It wasn't like the end of the Stanford game last year where we're bringing six guys. It was Notre Dame's defensive linemen just beat Texas's offensive line in so many one-on-one situations. And you look at the sacks. Most of them, if the first guy didn't get them, the second or the third guy would have. So that, to me, that was a really encouraging sign for Notre Dame's defense. But I want to see it against older guys who have been in the weight room for four years. I, I think, like, sacks, you're saying with three-man line, four-man line, I don't want to take anything away from those guys because we've been talking, we've been pouting yeah. them for not being good enough on their own. But when you're sending pressure from all over, you've got offensive linemen looking out of the side of their, you know, looking from side to side. And maybe sometimes they get beat because they're thinking, here comes Jalen Smith, here comes yeah. Joe Schmidt. They brought Joe Schmidt from the inside and outside. But I will say, one thing I want to say is about Virginia's offensive line, and, and you're right, I mean, comparative starts is is similar to Texas. But this was a line that only gave up 16 sacks last year. I mean, they're pretty good at this. Uh, talking to Isaac Rochelle on, on Wednesday, you know, I mentioned Eric Smith. That's their right tackle and generally considered their best offensive lineman. But he said, no, they, they are a consistent group and they work well together. So I think that's a more formidable group. But how formidable against Nordame's pressure and Matt Johns, again, a guy that's somewhat mobile, but we'll see how mobile he is when guys are crashing but down. Four career starts for Matt Johns, so we're not talking about a super true. No, true. And I think Texas's offense was just impotent. They had nothing. And Virginia is going to do 
a little bit, but that that's you can't sustain. I, I, no, you they're competent. Yeah, they're, they're, they're competent. They're, they're competent. Doesn't mean you're going to sustain the drives for touchdowns yeah. either. Texas demoted its play caller after the game. Like <laughs> on the play, we, we, we have been we have been talking <laughs> yeah. about that. Like how quickly is that going to happen? Real fast. Wow, he didn't. Charlie Strong didn't wait. I mean, you talk about the impact of Notre Dame's performance last week. It it's beyond Notre Dame versus Virginia. It's significant at Texas, and I give. I mean, I give Charlie Strong some credit to be able to pull the trigger. He was thinking back to not just the Notre Dame game, but he was thinking back to the last two games of, of the previous season you with know, TCU the, the and Arkansas. The storyline we totally missed with Charlie Strong is, and this builds off the demoting your play caller, the last time he demoted a play caller was 2011 in season when he was at Louisville, and that play caller was Mike Sanford Sr. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a storyline... We no, completely missed during the yeah, week, no. uh, which, which is interesting. Um, Virginia, to me, it, they remind me way too much of Purdue to feel comfortable about Notre Dame just going down there and just blowing them out. And it's not like good Notre Dame teams haven't blown out Purdue, but good Notre Dame teams have also struggled against Purdue. You know, 2012, it's not right. like they hammered them. Um, no. no. You know, that that was a close <laughs> game. All. Yeah. Um, so... I, I am a little wary of this game. You know, the spread, I've, the spreads, I think, started about right at 10. And uh, Tim, I think you said it's up in the 13th. It's rising. Now. It's really rising. Um, and I, this is, I'll put you guys on the spot here. If Notre Dame wins on Saturday, they will start 2 0 for the X number of times in the last 30 years. <laughs> I've written stories about this in the uh, last 30 years. So we last, went back, we went back to 85. The first year of Holtz. Okay, like that. How many times will Notre Dame started two and zero if they win this week? I don't even want to guess for fear of being way off, but obviously Seven, it's not a lot. Thirteenth time, so Thir- less than I mean, half, less than the, half time the time they've started two and zero. We're yeah. just talking about well, Michigan just used win to be there. two yeah. games. Yeah. That's a good. Stat. So I mean, that's it's not it's not just get carried away or so. I mean, I, if we're talking picks, I I think Notre Dame will win, but. I mean, I'm thinking like 28-16, and Notre Dame scores last in the fourth quarter, to, and it's 21-16 up until that point. I I think Notre Dame is really good, but I just I just have Purdue on the brain here, and I think it's going to be more of a struggle than people want it to be. I've got a prediction very, very close to that. I'm not going to change it because, that. I mean, I, I think we're of the same mind there. Now, Tim... Explain your line of thinking here from off season to uh, now. I have I have flipped, and I don't want to be because I watched one game. Because Texas, I think Texas is going to prove to be terrible, or was terrible that day. How's that? They were ter- no matter what they proved to be, they were terrible. Um, I was thinking all off season that this, and I actually rated this game as a harder game than Texas in the off season in that trouble spot series, one one in front of them. I was thinking the whole time the ugly twenty to seven without thinking Purdue. That was probably what was on my brain. Notre Dame wins twenty to seven. Um, Malik Zaire's first road start, and they are not quite as fired up as you are for Texas, of course, the opener, and next week for Georgia Tech. I would still be concerned about this game if it was midseason and you have the big game of the year coming up right after it, but I, I don't I don't see much of a drop-off in Notre Dame's focus for this game, and I went away from 20-7 to 7 to more of that Notre Dame gets into the early to mid-30s. I, I don't think they will be stopped consistent. You figure 14, 13 possessions. This offense, the way they're constructed now, that they don't rely on bubble screens and all that junk to move the ball, that they can run, and that mid-range passing game, I don't think it's going away. I have not... They were so wide open, 
And it's not all busts that you're that wide open. It's you. There's too much to worry about when Notre Dame can run at you. And Malik Sayer hitting those mid-range passes. It was a beautiful offense to watch. I, I mean, I thought they'd throw deep more. They didn't have to because they were getting 15, 16, yeah. 17, 18, yeah. 19. And they were going to get on third down. Guys are, Corey Robinson, wide open on third down. Will, Will Fuller, wide open. Not, I'm not touting the bus touchdown. Wide open on third down. Torrey Hunter, wide open on third down. It's strange to see guys that open on third down. You know, I think we... And I know that a lot of people going into the season didn't look at it this way, but if Notre Dame comes out and runs a football like they did again last week, I'm a believer because these are two good te- these yeah. were this, that was a good interior defensive line for Texas. This is a better defensive line, definitely. Mike Moore, who interestingly is the son of Sean Moore, who was the oh, quarterback yeah. in the uh, and when Notre Dame played Virginia in '89, he's a lot bigger than that. Uh, Dante Wilkins, David Dean. Uh, Andrew Brown, who Big was hurt last year. Yeah, Big Andrew Brown, who was hurt last year. You know, they had Eli Harold, who left early. They would have had him as well. So this is a good defensive line. I, think, I don't think you can discount. I mean, it is John Tenuta against a guy starting his third game. We talk about yep. Matt John's four games. Yep. This is Malik Zaire's third game. The key there is if Norton picks up those blitzes, which, again, it'll be, it'll be from inexperienced linebackers, not veteran linebackers, then Malik Zaire can flourish in this game. He sees a lot of junk, Zaire, in practice. There's, oh, no there's doubt. a lot no, no thrown doubt. at him with Brian Van Gorder's oddities and where they send blitzes from and everything. I I am I obviously I'm overrating the win against Texas right now because of how I jumped from twenty to seven to thirty four to yeah. whatever. But I want to be proven wrong the other way now. I, I I was really surprised at how efficient they were offensively against Texas. I thought there was going to be so many third and eights that looked terrible in that game and there was one, two that were well. There were, were three series. I mean, there there was yeah. a quarter's worth of inconsistency. He should have run for a first down on one of those. He just messed up. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. I I mean, I what I want to see with from Zaire is like the passing game. Okay, done. Check. Mm-hmm. That's proven. You know, he's not going to complete eighty four percent every weekend. But you know, the the run game looked more Golson than Zaire to me, which was weird because I thought that was sort of his natural skill set and. He was very awkward doing the read option. Um, you know, you sort of going through the game. I think he only, I want to say, kept it twice on read option plays designed. Um, and both were losses. Yeah, one um, looked really awkward. That one was very Golson esque. The roll yeah, to the left. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were both pretty bad losses. And then, you know, so that needs to be part of the offense. I went through. It looked like I I had them with seven designed Zaire runs, and that includes read option. But that was only two of them. The rest of them were just sort of designed quarterback draws. That looked pretty efficient. You know, we talked to Kelly a little bit during the week about how many carries he can have. To me, it's how many hits he can take, not how many carries he can have. Because on the he had nine carries for the game, but only got hit on four of them. The rest of them, he's running out of bounds, spinning out. It's not that big. And there of a deal. I mean, obviously, they're keeping a close eye on that. Not just number of carries, yeah. but I'm sure that as well. I'm not willing to check the box yet on Zaire as a, as a thrower. I mean, we've seen him be more inconsistent accuracy wise than we've seen him be consistent. And that's true. They were. I mean, he had open receivers, well designed offense last week. Open receivers running around. I don't understand the the. Uh, the issues in the the read option, but you know, I wrote this in the tail of the tape. All, all of a sudden, Malik Zaire, he's a pass first quarterback. He went through all, he went through his progressions, and then used the run, the scramble as a as a last ditch effort. I don't. There are two guys in the secondary, and I know we said this about Texas last week. Duke uh, was it Duke Johnson? 
and um, and Haynes their their safety. But Quinn Blanding, we all know about Quinn Blanding. Nordane recruited him. He's very very good. And Maurice Kennedy, their corner. Let's see how he does uh, against them. But on the flip side, Virginia was 116th in the country last year in touchdown percentage in the red zone, and they were one and three again last week. So I see them having a difficult time getting in the end zone. Their kicker's excellent. Ian Fry is very very good. They'll kick some field goals, but they're going to have a really difficult time getting in the end zone against Notre Dame. And I, I think maybe to pump the brakes a little bit on my point of view, what, what do you think about the blitzes that could come at Zaire in this situation and how you can make someone uneasy? He does have to rely on running backs that have never blocked before in, in, a, in a situation like this to protect him as well. I mean, that's Procise looked like he had one bust, whether it was Zaire's fault or not, is relevant when, when Procise released, and that's when Zaire got sacked. And then we've heard about Josh Adams being able to pick it up, and it's going to look... Even it's going to look different than than, than it does no, no. how well he picks I, up in practice. I would be floored on Saturday if after the game we're not talking about it, if at least two or three moments where Will Fuller had that slip screen against the tune of blitz that went for a huge gain, if yeah. not a touchdown. I think that that's a play that Texas sniffed out really well last week, and it was not effective at all. Um, Virginia, I don't think, is going to have nearly the success because they're going to put themselves in bad spots. I mean, I think that probably that sweep unbalanced look that they ran with Josh Adams is maybe not going to be as effective, but that the bread and butter play of last year, that fuller tunnel screen, I think is going to be devastating. I I agree with you, Pete. And you know, when I say this is a good defensive line, it's a good stout run defense line. They don't get a ton of pass rush per se or sacks from these guys, similar to Notre Dame. The difference now is that Notre Dame's second year of Van Gorder experienced defense top to bottom you know, he can bring pressures from linebackers. And getting back to what we said at the top of the show, if Tanuta brings pressure with these linebackers and they don't get home, what you're saying about Fuller is absolutely correct. It's funny you mentioned that about the Fuller and the slip screen because Jack and I were talking to Fuller and he said that Texas, he was so surprised that Texas sniffed it out. In fact, before he would motion, there were guys on Texas yelling screen. And that's, <laughs> that's when they sniffed it out. So he said they have an adjustment for that. Okay, but we'll be back for segment two and talk a little recruiting with Pete. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider is our recruiting roundup. And Pete, Nordame had about 12 guys in, 12 visitors last week. Some big names. How did how that all work out for them? Yeah, I mean, Dalen Hayes was the biggest name by far, the linebacker out of Michigan who's committed to USC. He gave the visit a rave review to Jake when he talked to him on Sunday. Um, you know, he'll be back for the USC game. I think it, I mean, it definitely merits watching because the the vibe around Notre Dame when you talk to people on background is like they feel like they're in a serious position to flip this kid. And I mean, this is this would be a get some. It, it's not Jalen Smith, but it but it's still above the level of like a Niles Morgan at the same time. It's like sort of in between those guys. And I think to put on a display like Jalen Smith did for this kid in person, I mean, Dalen Hayes has to look at that and be like. Heck yeah, I want to do that. I mean, you're just going to let me run around the field and make all these plays, line up on the slot, play defensive end, be a middle linebacker, chase down the quarterback. I mean, it was a great display for this kid. Uh, And it's not like USC doesn't have great linebacker tradition, but Notre Dame is more here and now with Jalen Smith. So that's a real positive. I think there are a couple defensive backs that definitely talk about DJ Morgan out of LA area. I fully expect Notre Dame to land him probably by the end of this month. Uh, I think we'll be talking about him as a commitment uh, by the by the before October rolls around. He was 
He's visited a couple times, committed to Arizona State, decommitted, has family connections via Skylar Diggins here. And then Dante Vaughn, the corner slash safety out of Memphis, he visited again. I think it's his third visit. Notre Dame leads there. Um, He's planning to commit in mid-October. So if they can get Morgan and Vaughn to go with Spencer Perry and Jalen Elliott, Elliott was in over the weekend. That could be a real nice start to that, that group. How significantly do you think they improve their chances with Eric Cuffey? Um, not significantly. I, I think that they're going to end up finishing third or fourth there and he's more likely to end up playing closer to home. I mean, it was, it was a good way to like knock Texas out of contention entirely, but I think that Baylor, TCU, and M, they're, they're just too many good options close to home. I really think DJ Morgan is that, I mean, I think that's great news. I think he's a heck of a catch. If you, I mean, you go back, I did a film review on him. I think that's a, that's a real player and a really strong addition to this recruiting class. And I mean, overall the weekend, 38-3, good weather, everything going according to plan. It was, it was a good show for Notre Dame, um, for the recruits. And I think also you throw, we talked about showtime at the top of the show, you watch the segment, you can see recruits in the locker room, and these kids love publicity. So if you're Cole Komet and you're like, hey, I was on Showtime, uh, or Jalen L, like, hey, I was on, do you see me on Showtime? Like, that's a that's a, just another exposure positive for Notre Dame. Um, you know, Cole Komet, I, if he makes a decision this season, I, I think that's likely. It's Notre Dame, Ohio State. Ohio State looked pretty good over the weekend, too. But it was interesting. I, I heard from Brock Wright's dad, um... And he mentioned how it was funny watching all the games this weekend because every school that recruited Brock Wright, and he wasn't at the game this weekend, um, every school that recruited Brock said, we're going to change our offense because we, you know, we're, we're going to build it around the tight end and you're going to be the focal point. And he's like, you know what? The only school that actually played a bunch of tight ends was Notre Dame. Um, <laughs> yeah, but they so, didn't exactly feature him yeah, in the passing but game. They all played and three of them got thrown to at least. So it's like there's... Notre Dame is sort of living up to the billing at the tight end position, which I think is a positive sign for Cole Komet to, to go with Brock Wright. Um, so I think ultimately you'd have to put Notre Dame in the lead there. So Notre Dame's class overall, 2016, Demetrius Robertson was in as well. I mean, that was a big-time kid out of Georgia. They still trail Stanford there. Um, overall, I, I think that they're in good shape and it was a good show. Another good way to get on Showtime is make sure you sit in that front row at a press conference because <laughs> of the camera right there. For know. the record, I was in row two. Uh, it was Eric Hansen who actually moved up a row maybe to get on TV. So, uh, yeah, I, I had a couple of moments in there. I don't, did you guys, did, were you able to spot, like, the back of your head at all on, on the show? I was trying. No, yeah. I was, I've been pausing it every, like, yeah. you know, going frame by frame. Uh, we we tend myself. to sit up pretty high, so we're, yeah. we're going to be out of the main view. You know, we talk about Nordam and Showtime and having a working agreement uh, agreement with one another. I can, can't you hear Brian Kelly say, yeah, and if you want to have some clips of the recruits when we're in a locker yeah. room, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> well, that's it for our recruiting roundup and the show. We'll be back on Monday, September 14th, as we're sort of into our new rhythm of a Monday show to recap the game and a Thursday show to preview next week. So until we talk to you again on Monday, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, and Pete Sampson, thanks for listening to Irish Illustrated Insider.